Welcome to Prime Spark, the podcast that brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. The second women's revolution is here, and it is time for us to fuel a spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Now, here is your host for Prime Spark, Sarah Hart. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here today. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close, with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling, and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get started now. And today I have the great pleasure of talking with Siobhan Daniels, a woman whom I greatly admire. Siobhan Daniels retired from BBC three years ago after a 30-year career working as a reporter, presenter, and producer in local news. During that time, she overcame many challenges, including working full-time as a single mother. At nearly 50, when her daughter had gone off to university, Siobhan took a gap year from work and backpacked solo around the world. This remarkable trip changed her forever, and she began to develop a plan to one day travel the UK, and the idea of her motorhome came later. By her mid-fifties, she felt burned out. While battling with menopause symptoms, she was also facing ageism and bullying at work. Siobhan knew she needed to find her escape plan. In 2019, age 60, she took early retirement, sold her belongings, bought a motorhome, embarked on her solo trip around Great Britain. She now passionately champions positive aging, constantly calling out ageism and ageist stereotypes, and refuses to accept the narrow stereotypes of retired women. Siobhan uses her blog, Instagram, published articles, and public speaking activities to challenge and change the narrative around aging, to inspire as many women as possible to step out of their comfort zone, and follow their retirement dreams. Since Siobhan embarked on this journey, she has had to face her fears, weather, severe storms, and of course, pandemic challenges. But she cannot emphasize enough how fantastic this experience makes her feel, fully alive, in control, at one with nature, and totally inspired to get her message out there to young and old. Embrace aging. Welcome, Siobhan. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy I'm here as well. It's great to be able to talk to you. And yeah. do you know what? When you read that introduction, it does make me realize I reflect on the journey I've been on. And, and I really, really have been on a roller coaster ride. And I, I want to show lots of women that they can do that ride and, and end up in a good place. Yeah, well, you certainly have um, a great start to doing that because uh, your book, Retirement Rebel, is 
fantastic. So everybody, if you don't have that book yet, you need to go get it because it's worth it. Thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed reading it. I loved it. I really did. I loved it. So Siobhan, just to get started, tell me, do you experience getting older? And if you do, what is that experience? And if not, why do you think it is that you don't? No, I experience getting older because it's inevitable. We're all aging, whether we like it or not. We're all heading in the same direction, some longer than others, some faster than others. So, yes, I've in fact, I've been to see the orthopedic surgeon today. I've got a dodgy knee um, and that will need some attention in, in six months time. So, yes, I am aging, but I'm embracing the changes in my body as they go along. Um, I'm pushing myself as far as I can. I'm trying to live my best life. And mentally, I'm, I'm aging. I think I'm finding more confidence in what I believe and who I am and what I like and what I don't like. And I found my inner warrior. I found a strength that it just seems to get stronger and stronger by the day as I get older. Because for me, old and aging is a positive thing. It's something that I relish. My sister died at 53. My brother died at 53. My father died at 50. So they never had the the joy of aging. I've got the joy of aging. And every morning when I get up, even when I feel myself feeling grisly, I say, today's going to be a good day. I absolutely agree with you. I think that um, aging is um, a huge gift that many, many women in the world don't have the opportunity to live. And I think it's a huge gift. I mean, we don't have to be aging and be fit as a fiddle. This is a lot of people say, what you're doing, going out in your motorhome, you must be super duper fit. And I say, I'm no fitter than if I was living in my flat. I just change my, my walking pattern or don't climb hills quite as high, but I give it a go. I try and push myself and try and keep myself feeling agile. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, no, I want to keep myself feeling young. No, I don't want to be young. I want to feel old because old is good. I just want to feel agile. Right. I think that that um, I loved all of your hiking stories, and, and but, the, but the thing that I, I remember twice you did this, and I just both times with was when you jumped into cold water. (laughs) I absolutely recommend it. Honestly, I love it. I started off with my showers, just doing 30 seconds in cold water at the end of my showers. And I would squeal like a banshee. And then I started going into the sea in the wintertime and into rivers. I'm actually meeting a lovely lady called Sarah Barnes, who's written a book called Cold Fix up in the Yorkshire Dales next week. And we're go- I'm going to go cold swimming with her. And she does it a bit more extreme, I think, than I've done it. So I'm going to push myself again. But you feel so young, uh, not so young, so vibrant. It's great. <laughs> I don't know, Siobhan, you know, good for you. (laughs) I saw a recent um, uh, posting by you that you were in a bookstore and you saw your book, Retirement Rebel, on the shelf. Explain how you felt when you saw that. Oh, I've gone goosebumps just thinking about it. It was only yesterday. I walked up the steps and I walked in and Waterstones are a big chain of bookshops all around Great Britain. And I was thrilled when I knew they put in an order for my book, quite a big order. And then when I walked up the steps and it just 
called out to me on the shelf. They put it in a really good position. And I was on my own. So there was a young gentleman and I had to say to him, I'm really sorry, but would you mind taking my photograph? That's my book there. And I think he was as excited as me. But I was very tearful, very excited and very, very proud that it's there. And I hope people buy it. You should be very, very proud. I mean, for all sorts of reasons, you deserve to be very, very proud of that. And as women, we oftentimes don't allow ourselves to feel proud for things we've done. So good for you for feeling proud of it. Thank you. What What would you say, Siobhan, was the final straw that set you out on your journey? Or was it just a gradual buildup over time? I think it was a gradual buildup over time. Um, and I kept doing physical things to try and, and make myself feel better and, and feel stronger because I knew that life was was overwhelming me when my brother died and then my sister died. And then I had to have a hysterectomy because I had precancerous cells. Um, and then I was struggling in the workplace because I went straight into the menopause. So I had that feeling angry with the world, feeling insecure, feeling very weepy at a time when I was being challenged and not respected, I felt, and marginalised in the workplace. So all those things together made me realise that I had to change um, the way that I was living. Um, and it was one particular day I went into the toilets at work just crying, just sobbing. So there have been some incidents, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I went, I do remember going into the toilet, looking at myself in the mirror and just sobbing and just realising I was broken and I couldn't carry on this way anymore and I had to find another way to live and I didn't know what the long-term plan was going to be but like you say I'd already backpacked and I'd got that the inkling to go traveling um, and then a, a year later I woke up one morning and the idea of a motorhome literally popped into my head never holidayed in one never driven one and I thought that's it because I also wanted to show that you could live with very little because people were obsessed with going out working long hours, including me, earning lots of money, buying lots of stuff, filling your homes. But then you're exhausted and you can't really enjoy quality time. So I got rid of all my things, got the motorhome and September 2019, so nearly three and a half years ago, I set off in Dora the Explorer to see what life was going to deal me. Well, in addition to squirming when you jumped into that ice cold water. I think a part of the book that I loved reading most was when you were at the farm in Dorset with Jan. I, I think oh. it was Jan who was the owner of that. Tell us about that experience because that was really special. Yep. She is a special woman. I've, I was there last week again. Um, every now and then when I need to just regroup, I go down there and, and collect the horse poo every morning and look out over the countryside. But how I ended up at the farm was I just saw an advertisement on, on Facebook for work for nomads and caravanners and campervanners. And, and it just intrigued me. This one jumped out of the page saying a woman hurt her back, wanted somebody to work a couple of hours a week. So I decided to go down there, not really knowing where I was going, what I was going to do or who the heck Jan was. We'd corresponded a bit on WhatsApp and we decided I'd go down, give it a try. If we got on well, then I'd stay longer. If we didn't, then we'd cut it short. Um, I ended up staying five weeks and had a fabulous experience. And she is an intriguing woman. She's got so many life experiences. And it was great talking to her about what she thought about ageism and the way women are placed in society. Um, and she encouraged me to believe in myself. And then whilst I was there, I got a journalist from the Guardian newspaper, saw my Instagram, 
interviewed me, put me in a column, 900,000 people read that article around the world online in a week. And I got my book deal and everything sort of happened whilst I was with Jan. So that is, to me, it's my my happy, safe place down there on the farm. Oh, it sounded wonderful. And I loved um, the first time you, I think it was the first time you were there and left. She had a party in the barn for you. And it uh, sounded just so joyous. And with- she did another one this Saturday. Oh, now. did she? Oh, that's wonderful. Because we so enjoyed that one. She does them regularly now, about every five or six weeks, normally around the full moon, she'll do them. And she did another one this weekend. And it was brilliant she just plays all this reggae music puts out old armchairs and tables and candles hanging all over around the barn and people of the majority of them are over 60 um just dancing around enjoying themselves there's only about 20 people local people that come but it's great fun and we can just be free and and enjoy ourselves because again in society there are not many places for older people to just go out and have a good dance that's true that's absolutely true so if you had it to do all over again and mm-hmm. you sat where you were standing in the toilet and you were sobbing, is there anything you would do different than in the way you did the whole thing? I'd have left a lot earlier. I wouldn't have put up with what I put up with. Um, and that used to make me cross um, and eat away at me all the conversations I would have had with my bosses but because I was struggling with the menopause and bereavements and things I wasn't strong enough to fight my corner when I should have um I went to the edge of a lock in Scotland very early on in in um, my trip to and, and that was very cathartic for me because I screamed and shouted and cried and everything at the edge of the lock and got rid of all those negative and angry conversations I was carrying with me about what I could have should have would have said um, and I left that behind and thought, right, that's fire in my belly now to just be positive, be kind, move forward and help as many people as I can not feel how I was made to feel um, and to, to help them find their adventure and their happy place. They don't have to be as mad as me and get rid of everything and get a motorhome, but just spark something that makes them feel happy and feel of they, they've got their own voice and they're mistress of their own destiny. So, no, I wouldn't really do anything differently uh, because I wasn't strong enough to do anything differently other than maybe they've left earlier. So that was one of the things I was thinking as I was reading it, that um, the women I talked to, many are feeling, um, what's next? Uh, lost, what, what, what am I going to do? And they're not all in a position to sell everything, buy a motorhome and travel around the country. So if somebody is, at least at this point in time, just doesn't see her way to being able to do something like that, what suggestions would you give her to do at that point in her life when she's feeling that way? I would say take yourself off to somewhere where you can just be really reflective and have a pen and paper or a little book write down in that book, be totally, totally honest with yourself. If all bets were off, what would you really like to do with your life? What would make you really, really happy? And even the little things that maybe one thing I'm doing now is lying down and looking at the clouds in the sky all the time. I remember that feeling when I did an exercise like this. I remembered the feeling I got from doing that. And so I do it now. I stopped for 50 years, but I do it again now and I love it. So that's making me feel sort of alive. So I'd write down what you really want to do, 
Write down a list of all the things that you feel are stopping you from doing that. Then write down what you think you would need to do to overcome those things and put the book away and then revisit it. I don't know, three, four months, six months later, because you know, when you sort of bump into people, when you're walking around, they can sometimes come in your dreams um, or you do something and then that's in your dreams because your mind is working constantly. And that's somehow how the idea of the motorhome came into my head. Because my mind, I'd written, I wanted to travel, I wanted to downsize, I wanted to this, and 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 I wanted to find a better life. And that solution came to me out of the blue, and I ran with it. So you never know, somehow an, an idea might come from that. Um, and it, But I'm also saying, do the little changes, just little lifestyle changes. And, and then the, the better you feel about yourself, the more you can make decisions about major things. So some of it is um, just being open to anything that you think or feel, not worrying about, I don't necessarily have to take action. All I have to do is be aware. Yeah. And to allow yourself to really reflect on what it is you want to do. I traveled a lot before I had my daughter. Then I was a single mum. So I kind of put myself on the back burner like you do when you're a parent. Your child is the single most important thing. And I loved bringing her up and doing her things. But once she got to university, it was my time again. And I've revisited the things that gave me the joy then. And I'm a lot of people say, well, I can't leave my husband. I can't do this. I can't. Do that. I'm not saying leave your husband. I'm not saying get rid of your home. But if you want adventure in your life, then find a way of having adventure. Say to your husband, you know what? I want to go and climb Machu Picchu or I want to do this. Or You don't have to be entwined to do those things. Find things that make you feel happier. And that way you age positively and you feel physically and mentally so much better. You mentioned your daughter, Sammy, and I'm curious about uh, what her, how she feels about what you're doing now at this point in time. She is extremely proud of me and she loves the fact that I'm not just doing it for older women. I'm, I'm her. She's 34 and I talk to a lot of her friends and she talks to them, too, about you are going to be the older people of the future. And at the moment, the situation in society is people aren't treated very well. And in England, you can't get your pension till you're nearly 70. And yet from about early 50s, you know, that's in society, it's not a good place for a lot of older women so it needs to change so I'm saying to those younger women you need to get policies in place you need to look at what's happening we need intergenerational conversations between the young and old it's not us against them we should all be making the situation better so she's very proud of me and she's always she'll come back from a night out and go oh I've sold about five of your books mum people are going out to order them and I think yay but she was very worried at the beginning and she didn't really voice an awful lot of her worries um but it was only at Christmas last year when I got the book deal and I was writing away and she said to me, you know, I'm really proud of you, mum. I was worried when you set off. I didn't know how you were going to make this work. And I said, well, I didn't. When I set off, I was tearful, thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do, where I'm going to go or how I'm going to do this. But somehow I had this overwhelming belief that it would all work out. And it has done. You know, okay. I am happy and I'm able to speak to people like you. And you weathered two pandemic shutdowns. Yep. 
I did. The first one wasn't too bad. Um, I came rushing back down from Scotland and managed to find a place in Lancaster near one of my sisters who was brilliant. She used to leave things by the barrier because we were all quarantined and had to stay distances apart. So she'd make food and leave it by the barrier or buy bottles of wine and leave the wine by the barrier, which was great. And there was a couple from New Zealand. So we hung out together a lot and did lots of walking and cycle rides. The second one, however, was a lot harder. That was through the winter months. And also, I thought my daughter was going to come and visit me for Christmas. And then the prime minister announced that that couldn't happen. And so I was absolutely broken at one point and sitting in the motorhome, sobbing, thinking, what the heck are you doing, Siobhan? You sat in the field. I was in it for five months on my own. And I thought, you're not getting your message out. You're not doing anything. And so I started doing Instagram Lives. And and took myself out there and, put, and invited women to be interviewed. And hundreds of people watch those. And they're still on my Instagram feed. And I suddenly realised there is there is my tribe out there. People want to talk about ages and people want to fight it. And it, it, we need to be talking about it more. Um, and so I got reinvigorated again and wrote for articles for magazines and got interviewed on radio. And like I say, then wrote my book, Retirement Rebel. One of the things that happened for you all along the way, and I think this is really important, um, there were, I mean, there were very hard times. I'm not discounting those. And there were angels all along the way. Mm. I know. I've seen rainbows, so many rainbows and so many robins. And when they were designing the cover for my book, I asked specifically, I said, please, can I have a rainbow? And please, can I have a robin? Because my mother died six months before I started this. And I do feel my mother and my sister, Helen, are with me on the journey. I can often feel them. And I can be just sat outside listening to the birds and looking over the countryside in a, a spot. And robins will just come to my feet. And it happens all the time. And when I've had major events along the way, I've seen the most magnificent rainbows and I've taken pictures of them. I've posted them on my Instagram feed so, you know, people can see I'm telling the truth. And that's what I've tried to do all along with this is just be real, be truthful, be authentic. The good days, the bad days, the 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 fear, because people say, oh, I couldn't do what you're doing. I'm so afraid. And I said, believe me, I was terribly afraid when I started. I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going. But I've broken down those fears bit by bit and overcome them. And each one I overcome, I feel a bit stronger. So, yes, I feel I have had angels guiding me along the way. And when I think of, of other kinds of angels, I also think of people like the like the second pandemic when the man let you stay in that field forever. I mean, it was a horrible it was a horrible time. And he was very kind in letting that happen when people in the town didn't want you there. He understood yes. that. James and his wife, Serena, were incredible. They really ring-fenced me and protected me because the locals didn't want me there. They thought I was on a holiday and they were frightened to death that COVID was going to come into their little village. Um, and quite rightly so. But I kept myself to myself. But they were shouting out at me, you know, go home and coming to the edge of the field. And I did feel really scared. And he went and sort of spoke to people and put a sign on the gate and explained what I was doing. This was my home. I was working as a journalist from it as well. I wasn't going to move anywhere else, um, you know, and I was in isolation. And I, I so I qual qualified to be able by law to stay there. Um, and they were ever so kind. And they used to do my shopping. Um, I'd give them online. I'd send them a list of what I wanted. They'd do the shopping and then deliver it for me. 
you know, and I transfer the money on my phone to them. So they went above and beyond and I can never thank them enough. That's a that's just a wonderful story. I mean, you you you, you always can count on at some point or another somebody help stepping up and helping when you when you need help. They just help. Well, I think fundamentally people want to be kind and kindness. I say it's one of my values on my website, siobhanshivoff.co.uk, is it's kindness is the biggest strength. You know, I felt at sometimes at work, kindness was treated as a weakness and you had to be all this bravado. I now, the biggest thing that I do is go out there to be kind. And I think that attracts kind people. And I think fundamentally people want to be kind. And I've had so many situations where people have helped me, um, especially I've just been to Ireland for a month in July. Oh my goodness, the locals couldn't be more helpful and telling me that the nuggets of places to go and visit to go off the beaten track, like the, the Cliffs of Kerry. People go to the Cliffs of Moher and I went to the Cliffs of Kerry and they're beautiful. It's great. So yes, I've, I've met a lot of very kind, very helpful people, but I've also learned to ask for help. When I first started out, I thought, you know, I can do this on my own and I was very much, you know, I'm doing this um, and had lots and lots of tears and I've realized the more that I, I reach out and ask for help sometimes, um, the more I, I find more people that are like me out there willing to help. And when we're in environments uh, where we're not allowed to ask for help, uh, it's mm -hmm. it's hard then to um, get beyond that and learn to ask. So good for you. Yeah. Have you seen any differences from when you first started working on all of this to uh, gendered ageism. Do you see any any progress? Definitely. I definitely do. I think what the biggest thing that I've seen is people are talking about it. Women are talking about it and saying, yes, actually, this is happening. We are feeling horrible. We are thinking what next in our lives. We we don't like the cards that society is dealing us. We want it to change. You know, all this anti-ageism taps into our insecurities and we need to change the narratives. We shouldn't have to, to say, I'm younger. I look 10 years younger to, to, to feel good about ourselves. I'm old. This is what 63 looks like or 73 or 83 and, and embrace old as, as, as a positive word. I don't want anti-aging creams or anti aging shampoos. I don't know what the heck that's about. Um, I want things pro-aging that enhance the way I look, that make me look the best that I can look for the age that I am. We're all going to get wrinkles. I don't particularly like wrinkles, but then it's indoctrinated in me that they're a negative thing. But actually, I've lived, I've laughed, I've loved, I've earned these wrinkles. And I have to try and tell myself that when I look in the mirror and say, come on, Siobhan, you're still a good looking woman and you're 63 and you're healthy and you're living positively and you're encouraging other women to do the same. So don't let this anti-aging chip away at you and make you feel you have to be something that we're not. I think a big uh, part of all this is to change um, how we feel about the words. Yes. Uh, old, older. I mean, I have had, uh, when I first started doing this work, in a couple of instances, I had women get really angry at me and I didn't know what was going on. And then one of them said to me, Sarah, I don't want to think about getting older. And I thought, oh, yeah. oh, now I understand. Um, and that's a very sad place to be because we are getting older. And so 
if you want to ensure that you're unhappy, then be unhappy about getting older. Well, once again, we need to go to the young people and we need to start getting them to change the narratives. And that's what I'm saying about my book. I want to stop younger women fearing getting old and seeing it as a negative. If they can start talking positively about it and make sure that they've got pro-aging creams and pro-aging um, things and that the fashion. I say, when you age, you don't beige because fashion for older people is appalling in a lot of places. And I want more vibrant colours. I want more choice. I want more freedom. And these fashion police that say, can you wear this at 60 or 70 or 80? Get lost. We can wear what we want, when we want, how we want, as long as we feel good and we're aging the way we want to age. But I think the youngsters need to change the words that they use, get into schools and start talking about stopping. Um, the body shop in England now has stopped using the word anti-aging in their products. Oh, that's and I, good. I know, it's brilliant. And there's um, another... Uh, cosmetic company called studio 10 and they're all about pro-aging all their marketing and everything i absolutely love it and i'm not paid by them i've got nothing to do with them i just you know notice what they're they're posting on social media and it's fabulous it's music to my ears and we need more people to get on board that's the next thing we need to sort of lobby the cosmetic com companies and say we don't want anti-aging anymore right two things occur to me and i'm going to forget which one of them but um I heard somebody once say being anti-aging is like being anti-breathing. And yeah. I thought that's wonderful. And the second thing, I haven't forgotten it, is I think you and Sammy should get together and do something together. Because I absolutely agree, intergenerational efforts are what's going to make a difference long term. Mm. Well, um, I and the two of you would be brilliant to do that. I know, but she she's doing so well in her career at the moment. She's flying high. I'm so proud of her. But I want to organise intergenerational dinner parties um, to have that discussion um, and have um, jars with suggestions of topics and things on the tables. And because I think a lot of the young people think we're going somewhere, we're heading somewhere. You know, when we're older and we're we're going, it's going to be like this. And the reality we're finding when you're older is it's not what you think it's going to right. be. So we need to change it. So if we can get the older people to say, this is what needs to happen to make sure you are enjoying getting old. And the younger people to say, well, this is what we thought it was. So what should we do? Right. We're going to start getting policies in place. We're going to change things. So that's that's my aim is to try and do so just two or three days or dinner parties to just get the discussion going and, and write articles about what the results were from what was said at those dinner parties. That's brilliant. I love that. I think that that is, um, exact, in my opinion, exactly what needs to happen next. So in addition to your dinner parties and articles, what's next for you? Well, um, I'm hoping to write a second book. I've got to get that accepted by uh, my publishers. So I'm putting it out there, I'm manifesting it and putting out positive vibes. Um, but I'd like to push myself and face a few more fears and maybe venture into Europe um, because I, I didn't know I could do what I've done venturing around Great Britain for three and a half years. But a lot of people say to me, well, have you been into Europe? And I, I went to Ireland, but I've, I want to go down, I think, through France, around um, Switzerland, down Italy and to Sicily and to just do some kind of trip like that and maybe make a little film of it as well. Oh, brilliant. 
wonderful idea. So, Siobhan, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Well, I'm on Instagram under Siobhan Shavoff. That's S-H-U-V-O-N-S-H-U-V-O-F-F. Um, and I've also got a website, siobhanshavoff.co.uk. And that's got links to all my other things. I've got a blog, siobhanshavoff.blogspot.uk. But all those have got links to that. So there's my blog, my LinkedIn, my Twitter, um, all those feeds. So on my website, siobhanshavoff.co.uk. Brilliant. So that's our time today. Please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at www.primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Siobhan Daniels. And don't forget, you can find her at siobhanshavoff.co.uk. I'm going to spell that. Um, for the American audience. That's S-H-U-V-O-N-S-H-U-V-O-F-F at C-O dot U-K. Thank you, Siobhan. This was lovely. Thank you. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed chatting to you. Yeah. And thank you all for being with us. Take care, spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Prime Spark. With each episode, Sarah Hart brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes about remarkable, experienced women, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available at Spotify, Apple Podcast, and most other major podcast sites. The second women's revolution is here, and we hope that you use the insights you've gained here to fuel the spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world.